Minefields. It's been a been a hell of a week. One. <laughs> no, we ain't even started yet. Sheesh. Right. This is gonna be an, this would be an expensive podcast. Quite a lucrative podcast for Mister Tony Morales. Good to see you, man. I might get my I might get my giant size X Men one today. I know, right? I at least put a down payment on it. Um, and things are. Uh, Things are good, all things considered. Freaking, uh, had my uh, first day back at work after the incident. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get into that, obviously. How bad did it hurt? How about you? Well, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine, but, um, you took a chair shot to the back of the head. Yeah, that, uh, was unexpected. Freaking uh, was yeah, wasn't planning on that happening. Obviously, you know, the life of a commentator normally does not include chair shots. No, it is the not. back of the head. But you know, I guess when the opportunity arises. Yeah, no, we were uh, New Era, you know, 11th year anniversary. You know, oh by the way, we uh, we sold out that son of a gun if I remember correctly. Oh, it was a complete sell. Uh, standing room only, which is always, you know, always awesome. Ran out of chairs. Uh, freaking, you know, um, we had a uh, segment right before intermission where uh, they were going to um, basically do the sentencing for Dr. Silver, who had, a, had his license revoked by the Colorado State Board of Pharmacy and was arrested for... Uh, uh, I can't remember the exact terminology, but basically mental manipulation and malpractice. Yeah, in general, that sounds that sounds like a solid one. We'll go with uh, malpractice. And uh, turns out he was found guilty, and uh, the decision was overturned by the judge, who, um, unbeknownst to everybody involved, was uh, former fifty-two eighty champion Caleb Crush. Who uh, had a, a new, somehow even douchier attitude, and um, ended up putting some poor uh, a lawyer um, through a table. You know, me this... being the uh, the stalwart do-getter that I am, since I have apparently reformed my evil ways. Oh, of course. Uh, I freaking went to uh, check on him. Dr. Silver decided to uh, Guilt save to some business uh, for himself. <laughs> yeah, rather uh, inappropriate things to me. And when I went to have a completely non-combative word with Mr. Uh, Mr. Silver, since he's no longer Dr. Silver, since his license was revoked, um, you know, uh, Mr. Crush took uh, liberties 
and ended up hitting me in the back of the head with a steel chair. So uh, that was a whole lot more than was expected, obviously. Freaking. Did you even feel it? <laughs> obviously you did. I'm talking about like. It was, it was a chair beside the <laughs> back of my head. I'm talking in terms of uh, the actual wound. Oh no! It was instantaneous. As soon as the uh, as soon as uh, the chair connected with my head and I fell, freaking, I could I could feel the pool the pool of blood already flowing. Jason Noel came out for the rescue. That was awesome. Yeah, good old good old uh, nice guy, Jason Noel. Freaking uh, a long time a long time friend. I've known him since he started. We used to tag as the uh, the three hundred three Fight Club back in the day. Nice. So uh, always good to. I didn't know it at the time, freaking, but uh, gave me enough time for the referees to carry me to the back and for somebody to call uh, call an ambulance to get me to the hospital. So. Well, I'm sorry I wasn't there, man. Like, uh, freaking, uh, that was the uh, day that we bought. Uh, dad, the uh, Dallas Cowboy tickets, and um, a lot of fun. Um, did you win? No, we did not win. <laughs> uh, we we got to see a very malfunctioning Indian guy screaming about "Let's go Dodgers" uh, as we're trying to find our uh, Uber out of there. Um, oh wow! But the rest of the time, I gotta say, the best part about it was. Like, I want to say, like, we're sitting there chilling, eating our hot dogs, drinking a beer. It was the first time I've ever hung out with my dad. Really? I mean, like, him and I have done stuff together before, like, in terms of, like, we moved that tractor. We It's always work. This was the first time gotcha. I've ever hung out with my dad. And it was amazing. Like, just... No, I got it. No, I got it. No, I got it. And he was just chilling. Uh, we took some selfies. Uh, I don't even know how to freaking uh, put it in perspective. Like, this was literally the first time I've ever hung out with my dad. And no one can ever take that from me. And it was wonderful. And then, we, of course, we get back to New Era. My best friend's fucking cut open, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, uh, we wanted to text you, but we knew you'd freak out. <laughs> like, alright. Is he okay? <laughs> but we got everything done. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Staples are itchy, man. Yeah, no. That's the biggest thing is I thought it was only. The lady at the hospital said it was only going to be six. It's nine. Yeah, how did uh, Miss Morales take this? Oh, she pissed. <laughs> oh, she, she, took, she took it in stride. So, <laughs> she, she has the patience of a saint. Absolute patience. Because we all know that Miss Morales. Mrs. Morales. Thinks things through, makes decisions on a calm, decisive manner. 
are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was coherent. I was coherent the whole time, so that's always a plus. Um, freaking. Uh, just kind of, yeah. Um, like I said, just very, uh, very unexpected. Well, I've been watching the footage, and it's wonderful. We have it from three different, uh, three different sides, from the gorilla to the roaming to the uh, hard cam. And uh, the footage from here on through is going to be unrivaled. Awesome. And undeniable. Has anyone, Sounds good. Has anyone asked you, like, are you undeniable? Was that an AEW segment once a while, once a once ago? It was, but it's been something that's been in my head for a while. I was listening to Rogan, like, um, "Be so good, you're undeniable." And I really, truly feel that New Era is undeniable. You're not. Yeah, we have more people in the crowd. Yeah, we've got probably the best freaking uh, stable. But it's undeniable. You can't deny that our product is phenomenal. Yeah. I agree, man. Freaking, you know, the whole goal is each and every show make it just a little bit better. Freaking, whether it's the talent we bring in, the production, the stories, freaking, you know, the sets, the music. We had had that conversation a year ago at Applebee's. Mm Mm-hmm. Just make it better. Everyone better. Just keep it going and freaking. Hell, we shared a uh, freaking uh, um, one of those uh, gimmicks where like the uh, Mexican uh, egg rolls and the uh, tenders and like we're just sitting there chilling. Yeah. It could have been a scene on yeah. Goodfellas, but we're eating some chicken tenders. <laughs> Goodfellas might like chicken tenders. Who knows? Who knows? But it's they, just didn't, they just didn't order at that time. Not a word. Now, um, I just finished the salmon. Okay, I haven't even started it yet. Um, so, do you want to do you really recant your statements from the previous show? I do. Really? I do. Um, uh, my homegirl from back in the day. I just reconnected. Um, this really cool gotchick uh, named Aaron that her and I are best friends back in the day and um, we both were really in the salmon it was basically our bible yeah and uh, she's like how was it and I was like it was superior and she's like I'm scared to watch it my two chafes chafe my underwear number one it did not have the vertigo shimmer at the beginning. Like, if you watch, like, uh, Watchmen or uh, friggin' um, V for Vendetta, there's the, the shimmer that says vertigo. It did not have yeah. that. It did not have that. Okay. Okay, fine. Not too big of a deal. They turned John, John Constantine into Joanna Constantine. And yeah. I was livid about it. Now, here's the thing. The story was so good, it didn't mean a GD anything, man. It was awesome. 
It nice. Was, it, like they they did things in this series I could not believe they actually pulled off and not just pulled off but even attempted the the scene where uh, the uh, the guy that's got dreams Ruby that is manipulating people in the diner and they all kill they all kill each other and in a lot of different awful ways um, okay um, the the Corinthian um, we get to the doll's house at the serial killer convention um, all the little things that they changed were so good I didn't care it was phenomenal I mean like I'm telling you this is the goth guy's freaking bible seven anthropomorphic ideals and dream learns a lesson and the what I sold my friend on was like uh, Fiddler's Green was played by uh, Stephen Fry she's like get the F out of here Oh yeah, that that's Stephen Fry, and also um, they do the the diner scene, and also they sell they sell the original ritual. No, and when it comes to death, the only thing the the third problem I had was that I have no problem that a black woman or an African-American woman was playing death. She sold it. It was great. My problem was that she doesn't look like Cinnamon Hadley, uh, the woman that was based off her. Uh, Cinnamon Hadley was like this old-school club kid. Like, imagine Susie Sue or freaking um, um, anyone in that scene. She was based off yeah. a very specific person. The fact that she wasn't um, a white girl was superseded by the fact that this black girl knocked it out of the freaking park. <laughs> awesome. Just, just they, they nailed it, man. And Neil Gaiman was uh, the the guy that was uh, Stephen Goyer that was uh, responsible for most of the series was Blade. Two of the three blades, um, like this guy knows what he's doing. In and working with Neil Gaiman, like it just made me so happy, man. Like it didn't chafe. It it was only just watching Morpheus go through his next evolution of being an asshole, freaking. Uh, all right, two. Uh, um, freaking uh, anthropomorphic idea. They nailed it, man. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Awesome. Um, One of the occasions you're glad to be wrong. It was 100% one of the occasions I'm glad to be wrong because I was so freaking worried about it. Because, like I said, this is basically our Bible. Or, yeah. And they, they nailed it, and they did it respectfully, and it wasn't woke. It wasn't any sort of politicized anything. It was just a good story, the way it was. Um, awesome. There was uh, one thing I wish they would have 
uh, expanded on was um, there's a story about how there's a gentleman in a bar and death and dream going to the bar and this guy's like I want to live forever and death uh, challenges dream what do you think he'd do if he was alive forever and she's like I don't know let's take that back and he's betting I'm going to be alive forever well they grant him his wish he's alive forever and every 100 years dream meets up with this guy at this same particular bar and, and they discuss life and he's like oh it's wonderful I've lost everything <laughs> I was super rich uh, I lost everything I'm totally broke now I'm a homeless guy outside still happy and dreams like Morpheus Despite the fact that you've lost everything, you're still happy. Absolutely. The human condition is awesome. We have the ups, we have the downs, we have our own choices. And I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade it for a million bucks. And they meet up later, he's like this eighties guy and um um Dream missed an appointment um because he was trapped. Um, but meets up with them later on and they establish like a true blue friendship and it doesn't matter that it's the 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 lord of dreams and some naive human it's just two entities meeting up being like hey let's be friends let's talk about what's going on in our lives that that's all it was and it, 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 it it, it reduced that line of humanism of you're human, you're stupid, you don't know what you're talking about. It, it, it blurred the lines. I'm an anthropomorphic idea of, of a dream. I'm a stupid freaking human. Well, what do you got to report back? Well, I met this girl. Well, that's cool. Well, like, like it was just them just having a, a great banter. And, it, and and the idea was that it didn't matter that this person is a god and this person's a flesh bones, you know, human meat sack. He was enjoying, he was enjoying his time and was refusing to die. There were so many other things, man. Like, they, they, they nailed it, man. And um, I was really scared they were going to mess it up and um they did not nice each episode ended with like produced by Neil Gaiman and that's what I want to see it was relieving to see that every issue was produced by him awesome have you uh, any particular um superhuman or uh, comic book anything that eased you like that no, like you said last time, I think the only thing I really went into super nervous about was like the, the first Suicide Squad movie, and yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Freaking. But yeah, no, man, I'm just trying to. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm really kind of more into the the more popular stuff so it's like I don't have anything like really kind of like that I have that's really super I liked it before it was cool 
don't know. So like, maybe if they did like a they did like a Noctera. Which I think they're I think they said they're just talking about doing it at some point. I might get in on that. But I like, like I like that you said that like in terms of I liked it before it was cool. Uh, all us old aging goths. This is our Bible. Yeah. We've all had different experiences with different um, books of shadows and uh, ideas of witchcraft and black arts, but nothing ever hit home the way it did with the Sandman. And yeah, they treated it right. Like it was so vindicating, it was so justifying of the things that we've hold, held dear for so long. Our ideas of who death, despair, destruction, delirium, delight, um, desire, I can go on, of what mm-hmm. what it means to be human. They encapsulated this in this wonderful 10-issue uh, Netflix series. And uh, I can't wait for the, for the rest. Like, uh, for example... Uh, over my bed, I have effigies of the endless of all of them, um, okay. including a few extras like the I've got the Corinthian, I've got Joan Constantine, uh, but um, my effigies of death and desire are not what others would anticipate. Like I, I could easily have Sam Keith drawing uh, death or. Um, anyone else's idea of what desire looked like. But my okay. effigies over my bed are not that at all. It's Simon Hadley who they based um, who Neil Gaiman based um, death off of. Old school freaking uh, early 80s Lon- London club kid. Okay. So I have a drawing uh, of her and then my uh, effigy of desire is not anything from the show or even the the comic book. It's it's Anne from the Eurythmics. Okay. It's Annie Lennox. Yeah. And um, the person they played the desire. It was very similar. I want to say it was like a cross between Analytics and freaking Ellen Cummings. It's a trans, a trans gentleman from a, a UK that knocked it out of the park. And it, it, didn't, awesome. it didn't matter. Like, there was no discussion of what's right, what's wrong, who's girl, who's a good boy. It was just, that's just desire. And, um... I think we should go into what's in the box because I know you've got something gnarly. Yes, yes, I do. What do you I'm got? playing into the. Uh, uh, see where to where to begin with this tale. Oh. Let me see. It's a tale to be told. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well, it's really funny because uh, last time we were able to go up to the uh, the shops on the hunt together for the last uh, New Era show in July, we made it a point to look up a specific character. We look up Crush. Oh. And we were able to find that first appearance. You know, and you know, you were able to find the uh, the first print as well as two second prints. No, and not then, second you know, prints, could... variants. 
Same thing. No. Same thing. <laughs> What'd you get? So we got a. So I was able to find my own copy of, I believe it's Teen Titans 20, if I remember correctly. Hmm. So you're better than me. <laughs> no, 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 because you also had it. So, um, and not only that, but I believe right beforehand, we had gone to Cobalt. Mm-hmm. And you and you had, you had purchased a, what was that? What was it, the action figure you purchased? Lobo. You did. For, uh, I got my Lobo. For not for, for not forty dollars. For not forty dollars. So it's really funny that you did those, and I was thinking about it the other day. And for forty dollars, ah. I was able to purchase Omega Men Three. First appearance of Lobo. First appearance of Lobo. Well, touche. Did you actually want First Prince Lobo, or did you just want to just stick it in my face? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with sticking it in your face. Again, I just, I've seen it a couple of times. I was like, oh, I should pick that up. And every time I mean to, it's always not there the next time I pick it up. Right. Because I've seen it at, uh, I've seen it at Vans previously, and I've seen it at uh, Kapow. And it's one of those ones, it's kind of like my uh, Amazing Spider-Man 194. Where I, I, I was gonna get it, and I freaking I, I'll wait till next time, and it wasn't there next time. And freaking, so I was like, ah. So I ended up putting it in, putting in a bid for it, like one day, only bid on there, and got done with work, and I'd won the bid, and I was like, oh, this is too good to pass up. So I ended up winning the bid. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you won the bid. I'm glad that you have been able to get your first Lobo. But I have one extra. Okay. I'm throwing into the pile my first saga number one. That's not fair. It's got it's, somebody scribbled on it. Signed, somebody scribbled on it. Signed by Fiona Staples herself for Joshua Michael. Now... At least you get your own name right when you freaking get stuff signed. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I mark out a little bit. Got my saga number one. I remember I um, I saw that it was popping on uh, all the websites. All the rags. She's like, this is the best comic ever. Like, make sure you get it. And uh, head over to my local at the time over at uh, Speaking in Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, got two copies of it. One for, awesome. me, one for me and one for Colin. And I called Colin and I'm like, hey, I'm getting you uh, Saga number one. And he's like, I don't know what that is and I don't care. And I'm like, dude, this is not doing the image thing where like you always have to buy the number one. Mm-hmm. But this is awesome. Well, I thank you. And uh, I will never give that to him. <laughs> <laughs> I will never give that to him. Like he he uh, he wrote it off. Like his and Fiona was such a sweetheart. Just I'm so excited about just to meet you. Uh, like Saga is one of the best comics I've ever read. I mean, like she she let me mark out, man. Totally nice. Mark out. And 
she was such a sweetheart. Give me a hug. To Joshua, Michael, and... Um, P.S. Screw Colin. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Like, he, he, he doubted it. <laughs> We've had so gotcha. many... You and I have had so many conversations. Like, don't... Don't fall asleep on this book. Cool. Yeah. I'm listening. He fell asleep. <laughs> man, it happens. So if I have to, uh... If I lose my job, I will uh, sell one of those books. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you at least a couple months' rent. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 100%. Maybe a bit more. Who knows? Who knows? What do you got? We got, we got a lot this week. It's, 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 this is very bat-heavy. Oh, yeah. I got quite a bit this week, man. Like I didn't really, I didn't expect quite so much. It's been, uh, like I said, it's been kind of a nutty week overall. And you know, I didn't end up picking up my comic books till the other day, so I didn't have uh, didn't have as much time to read as I would have liked. Well, but, I, want to, uh, I want to start with Predator. It's not even Batman. I know. You're just like bad heavy week, and then you're like, oh, I gotta start with Batman. No, we're starting with Predator. Predator number one. Marvel picked it up. Um, when it comes to Predator, it's never personal. It's just the alien shows up, wants to hunt ahead. Okay, fine. We have our new heroine, and we've discussed this many, many times. Don't just make a woman character to be a strong woman character just because. That's yeah. not that's not what happened here. We've got mm-hmm. Theta, who uh, is part of the party that is inhabiting a new a new planet, and her dad's brains just bop explodes. Oh jeez! Everything is high alert. We're like high Theta, high Theta, and she is one hundred percent. She's killed 16 predators. It flash forwards to the future. Really? It flash forwards to the future. She's killed 16 of them. And she's looking for the one with the missing talent. She's looking for the one that killed her family. It's personal. I mean, like, I, I really liked... I mean, like, I kind of thought that the uh, Predator in LA story was kind of silly. Um, okay. The Predator vs. Aliens were pretty bad, but this was phenomenal. And then Prey came out. Have you seen Prey yet? It just came out on Hulu. I have not, no. Oh, it, 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 it's awesome. Uh, uh, Kirk, our, our homie that uh, sends us the uh, stop-motion uh, action figure videos, uh, Yeah. He he's Alien Predator all the way, and he, he's like, it made me cry, um, freaking... Um, one of the best Predator movies ever. And if you can appease an old school Predator fan that this is that good, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And like, like if, if they're okay with it. <laughs> like, like, like Robocop fans or freaking Terminator fans. Like, like there's so many different like uh, freaking uh, comics about them or stories. But that's just comics. 
Yeah. But if these guys are like, yeah, sign me up. He's off the chain on it, and uh, freaking we got this new uh, Predator comic book from Marvel, and it's personal. Theta is hunting the one with the missing talent. She's wearing the vestiges of uh, the Predators just as in hunting in general, and she almost doesn't mm-hmm. make it off of uh, the plant, the last plant that she's on because she resembles the predator that was hunting these people after she killed them, and it's personal. And I love it. It's never personal with Predator. It's never personal yeah. with Alien. It's been personal with Terminator. You know, gotta find John Connor. Yeah. Freaking, freaking, uh, it, she doesn't care how many Predators she kills. She's looking for the right one. And she's on the hunt. And I I have to respect it. <laughs> like 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 she she kills one of them with a with a sword. Not a oh, machine nice. not a machine gun. Cuts this guy's head off clean. And we get what we get. And um I'm loving it, man. Just looking like, for a holy grail. Looking for that grail, man. Why did I fucking... Oh, damn it, three. Yes. <laughs> One more. One more. Uh, I did the math the other day. We're up to uh, $48. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yep. Wow. I've how much... Much on my side, like three. Uh, no, no, I you no, no, you've only done one, and that was before we even started recording. <laughs> I, yep, Giant says X Men is on the horizon, <laughs> and we're getting there little by little. But uh, I can cash that, I can cash that in right now and get a freaking first issue, freaking. Get like a first appearance of Havoc for that. You can. Might have looked into that. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, one of the origins of uh, freaking a Builder Friendly was um, given Sky's uh, photos with her Abuelita, and she was mm-hmm. actually she actually showed up at the Prebo show the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was great. I actually got Doobie photos. Awesome. None hurt doobie photos. It was wonderful. Good to it see wasn't it. hurt? It wasn't non-hurt doobie photos. Yep. Nice. Yeah, it was great. And uh, his uh, scab was there with the baby, and I went up right up to her and said, I'm just glad you're here. Awesome. Wrestling drama, man. Yeah. That's what I got on that's what I got on Predator. What do you got? Uh let's see. Uh, let me go into Batman the Knight, eight of ten. Ooh. Alright, so we start off with uh somebody falling and being saved. Find it. 
Is somebody wearing the uh, the beginnings of the mask of Ghostmaker? Oh, but it's it's not Ghostmaker. Trying to remember, we are. Let's see, we're in Shanghai, China, and uh, somebody's been murdered. And they're learning. You know, Bruce is trying to deal with the fact that his training buddy and pretty much only friend he's got right now is a sociopath. He's willing to do whatever he's got to do to learn what he's got to learn. But you know, Bruce is now doing this, doing this on his own. And he goes to the house of uh, Dr. Captio, who uh, makes sure that he refers to himself, refers to him as Daniel. Because Bruce's whole thing currently is that he has mastered everything physical he needs to be to become what he wants to become, basically. But he's got to learn how to be... He's got to learn how to properly learn, basically. And the mental aspect of it. So he goes and tries to find this Dr. Cat, uh, Captio, who is basically the world's smartest man, and learn how to how to properly you know, acquire knowledge and how to get past the mental blocks of pain. So we see one, you know, some one scene they're meditating. Another one, he's cutting open Bruce's chest with a knife. Oh wow! Just to just to make sure that he's not. He's not going to succumb to the, the physical torment. And basically he's talking about how Dr. Captio's brain is just a machine that he can manipulate to his own, to his own needs. You know, he knows how to release serotonin and he can trigger any emotion he wishes. And Bruce has troubles trying to make this, make this work. What is he triggering, Bruce? Well, he, he eventually tries to trigger his past, like utilizing his past against him. Because everybody, of course, knows, you know, what happened to his parents. And he talks about how Dr. Captio says that the problem with it is that at the end of the day, Everything is meaningless. You know, every no matter what it is, everything is equal. Like, a baby being born is equal to a sunrise, is equal to eating a pineapple. And we, like I said, we find out that he's using, uh, he starts screwing with. Bruce eventually talking about how he, he's showing pictures of him murdering Alfred. And, you know, just to try to get a reaction out of him. Do you feel they're building it, to bring him back, Alfred? We'll get to that. Okay. So I've got a, I've got a theory that'll play out in another book. All right. But I definitely think at some point they will. But yeah, he discovers this is a nightmare. And in everything, Anton comes back. And he is beaten and bloodied. And in his you know, the beginnings of his, his uniform, his costume, as you will. Right. 
and he's talking about how he came to came to warn him, and they're basically trying to push Bruce to that final level. Well, they end up killing somebody, and there's um there's another character out here, a Harazuma, who's known as the Still, who's the one that beat Anton. And Bruce decides he's going to go out and confront the Still. And the, uh, the Still is, of course, a very accomplished fighter, utilizing blades. And, you know, after a little bit of an ensuing battle, you know, Bruce doesn't, doesn't look like Bruce is going to win. And he's trying to focus his emotions that way he can fight because he's, he's just fighting like a crazy person. Because he believes this person is who killed uh, Alfred. Right. Other than Bane? What was that? Other than Bane? Well, this is... I mean, in this part, they, they faked Alfred's death. Okay. So... But eventually they end up falling over this cliff. And even as they're both falling... Bruce still saves the still, making sure that he doesn't die. And he calls him out for murdering uh, Alfred, and the still's like, I've killed many people, but nobody you know. And he's like, you know, rules and laws don't apply to men like us. You are a weapon, Mr. Wayne, and I've been sent to test you. And he's like, you know, Bruce is like, what? You know, who, you know, who's trying to you know, who testing us f- for who? And freaking the still sits down and is like, you know, you and your friend are both invited to be a part of this test. We'll wait for you in the Crystal Hills of Abu Dhabi. He is Rachel Ghoul, and your training is not complete. And then a wave comes up and the still disappears. And Bruce goes back up to get uh to get Anton. After punching the world's smartest man in the face, because hmm. he didn't see that coming, and they trek off to Abu Dhabi to find um, at Rachel Ghoul. Now, is he back, or is, is this a black label Elseworlds tale? No, this is this is the night. So this is all the training so, of so, Batman. So, so in, in the past, and yeah, but but the way you're presenting it. Just makes me think that they're setting up for the return of Rish. And I mean, like, we can't. There's no way the return of Rish. He's freaking. He's Rish. Oh, of course. I mean, like, I mean, everything that's going on with the uh, Deathstroke and. Like, I, I feel like they're easing us into it from what you're, what you're presenting. They're easing us into the return. And. While we're still learning the origins of uh, Brucey there, learning ballroom dancing and karate and all these other different places, um, I mean, how does it make you feel that 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 we're learning this sort of thing? I mean, do you feel complete? Oh, this is this is awesome because it's you know, like we've always heard about it, but we've never really been. Pre- I I can't remember the last time. It was really presented this extensively. You know, we've all heard about Henry Ducard and whatnot, right. and in training Bruce. 
And like, you know, we, you know, I remember in the animated series, I believe they talked about him working with Satara Zatanna. Right. And freaking, you know, we've learned a little, you know, uh, they've definitely played up the history with Rachel Ghoul over the years. But like, this is the first time we've it's ever been collected in like one series that we've really gotten this much information about the the training of Bruce Wayne. Especially seeing him vulnerable and like into chicks and um, making mistakes. Like it, it's different now. It's it, it like especially the making the mistakes. Yeah, he he's into the older woman and everything, but like. Him making mistakes, that that's I, I think that's the main potatoes of what we're watching. Oh yeah, no, him learning from his mistakes and him getting gradually better but still making, you know, some foolish mistakes. That's it's obviously very you know, that's always fun to kinda of watch in these when they're, you know, younger and much less experienced. The uh next comic I wanna want talk about is Spawn. Uh, King Spawn came out, and um, this one is. Um, pull up the issue. This is King Spawn number 13. Spawn has always been on the side of right and wrong. Uh, mostly on the side of right. Um, there's been mm-hmm. some instances where. He has blurred the lines, but uh, he has now been informed that the whole idea of the comic continuity that is King Spawn is there's a group of Zealots that want him to be their king in hell. They want him to... Mm-hmm. Uh, he killed he killed Malbolgia in issue number 100 and uh, the Death of Angela issue. And there's been no one else on the throne of, of hell. Now, when he blew his head off in 184 uh, or 185, um, it locked the dead zones, which were the places where the people from heaven and hell couldn't arrive on Earth. These places were mm-hmm. now locked. And the throne is empty. And the whole point of Spawn being Spawn is that from issue one, when he died, uh, when he died in in military uh, insurgency wise, he goes to hell, and Malboja's is like, "Hey, I'll let you see your wife if you are a general in my army." And he says, "Fine, just let me see my wife." Um, obviously it didn't work out. He shows up five years later. Uh, his best friend's married to, uh, Terry is married to, uh, his wife. Uh, Terry is given the daughter that Al Simmons could never give Wanda. And we're like four years ago, Wanda was killed. And now what's being promised to him is like, take the throne Open the dead zones. We will give you a sacrifice from Lord Gaia. Because Wanda's body is in the green zone. And in a separate... Like... like I don't even know how to describe it. Like, just like... 
imagine if you were the vegetarian freaking heaven or hell. She's in Fiddler's Green, and um, we can restore her. Just mm-hmm. open, just open the dead zones, and we. He's known that for like two, three issues, and now we've gotten to the point where he is like, "Screw it, I want my wife." And, yep. And I will do anything required. Good, bad, evil, I don't care. Yeah. And that's where we land on this issue is that the Zelots are getting what they're getting. And I don't know how to take this because it's been it's been thirty years, man. Freaking uh since Spawn came back for his wife. And now yeah. and now he's got the choice that bringing her back is going to be tiresome, it's going to be sacrificial, and he doesn't give a GD at all. And okay. now we're landing on him being like, screw everyone, screw everything I've ever done. I want my wife. Yeah. I don't know how to take it, man, because um, for the years, like, it's always been like dealing with Wanda being gone or him not having any sort of access to Wanda. Um, yeah. But they're building the story in the sense that it's all about a woman. Not that that's bad. I dig it. But still, right back to it's 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 all about a woman. It's Trojan Horse. Yeah. It's freaking Greece. It's Troy. Like... He's got supernatural powers, but all he wants is his wife back. And I'm, yeah. re- I'm really loving it because what would you do? I don't know if I'd be a hellspawn, first of all, but that's just me. <laughs> right? But yeah, no, I know. I, I get it, dude. Freaking, if you, if you care about somebody, you love somebody, you're willing to go that far. Places you wouldn't go otherwise, you know? Yep, that far. You walk in a new era and you find out your best friend's freaking been cut open in the hospital and uh, someone tells you to calm down. (laughs) There's no calming down. (laughs) There's no calming down. This guy means everything to me. Tell me everything. He's fine. Get your freaking hands off me. Just bought a flesh wound. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I did not take you uh, getting busted open very well. Yeah, like I said, it's a flesh wound. I showed up backstage and they're like, and everyone avoided me. Because they did not want to be the one that's like, hey, Tony's hurt. Age was like, hey, we got to talk about something. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He broke it to me, and uh, then Jeff walked by. Like, and oh, I, I did not take that well, man. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, dude. I, I thought something bad happened. Either blood everywhere backstage. 
Um, yeah, yeah, there was. But uh, reviewing the footage, it was awesome. <laughs> Kidding on my untimely death was awesome. Your untimely death was pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> it just confuses me when it comes to Spawn because it's been 30 years. It's all about Wanda. It's still all about Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've done multiple issues where it's about the uh, Cyan and the twins and Moan and um, multiple different... Uh, people that are biblical or in some sort of uh, I'm involved in what's going on in terms of Spawn and but it still just boils down to Wanda the wife yeah. can you blame him? no freaking after 30 years what else are you going to do? shoot right? Uh, help me out with this uh, one bad day with the Riddler, man, because this was a this was a challenging raid, and I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, it was definitely challenging in terms of like they went back and forth. Uh, it's uh, it's the first uh, one bad day. We're gonna be getting eight of these. So, uh, but yeah, no, we started out with the. Uh, you know, a young man by the name of Edward. Oh, she was actually going to start with him. We started out with this guy leaving work because he's just trying to get home to his wife because he's uh, trying to figure out if his little girl wants to play soccer or not. And as he's working his way down, down to leaving work, the Riddler just comes up behind him and shoots him in the head. No jokes, no riddles, no nothing. Yeah. And just looks up with a card for the Batman, literally stands there until freaking the police come and pick him up. Did you have a problem with that? In terms of old school Riddler? I mean, in terms of like him just murdering somebody? Like, I, I've never seen him as a murderer other than the way they presented him as the Zodiac in the uh, latest Batman film. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. I think we'll I think we'll get to this part because I'm like let's get through the lot of let's get through the majority of it first and we'll go into personal opinions from there. Yeah, of course. That kind of I got I got a bit to say on this one, you know. And he's sitting here talking to uh talking to Jim Gordon, and he just like the Riddler's always you know always been the smartest guy in the room, which has always been his uh his mo. And he's over here talking about how. Uh, going into Jim's past and screwing with him, bringing up stuff from the killing joke. And he's like, did you ever really think that Joker was smart enough to put that together? Like he was really a planner. And he's like, no, you know, freaking. And Riddler basically confesses that he's the one that gave the Joker the idea for the entirety of killing joke. That it was all the Riddler the whole time. Oh, that hit hard. That and yeah, hard. Yeah, we end up having a uh, Jim grab Enigma by the throat, and 
And Nigma just talks about he just you know moves on talking about Sergeant Essen from um, year one, the woman that he cheated on Babs and James Junior's white uh, mom with, and freaking just you know they are bound and determined to prove that like I said Riddler's not only the smartest guy in the room but proving how valuable that in- all that information is. And we get these constant um, rewinds into Nigma's childhood, where his dad is in charge of this, uh, appears to be like a university. And Edward is a very gifted young man who works his way into the, works his way onto the university. But unless he's perfect, his dad beats him. And like he's like getting like a ninety-two on this test, and that's still not good enough for his father. And he just mentally and physically abuses his son for this. And the thing is, is that he would have had a perfect score on this test, but one of the, the there's an extra the last question was a riddle, and he wasn't prepared to answer a riddle. Um, we end up quickly going to the uh, the funeral for the gentleman that was murdered, and Bruce shows up there and tries to console the uh, the gentleman's wife as much as he can, and just try and apparently it looks like he's trying to figure out why uh, Nigma picked this gentleman to murder. How did you feel about? Bruce being Bruce most of the time in this issue because it was very little that he was the Batman in this one. It was near the end when he shows up, but like it was mostly his deciphering of the riddle. Um, especially when they talk about the pearls and um, I, it confused me and I, I but I liked it, but it still confused me in terms of like we're we're, we're talking about things that someone. Do you ever have time or trouble when it comes to, like, timelines with Batman? Because it's been since the 30s. And, like, when did this happen? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I could, I could see that. Because every now and again, it's like, you know, when you got that much, you know, people, you got different people writing these stories. And the amount of Bat books there are, continuity can be ridiculous. But, with these kind of things. But Bruce was, like true blue on this one like he was really trying to help like Mm -hmm. emotionally like he actually opened up and that's I think that's my favorite part about this book and I was confused about what these would these one bad day books would would offer us but watching Bruce open up uh, I'm I'm welcoming to it but at the same time though I am not trustful of it yeah. No, I think legitimately, I think they're freaking, like, I think he's legitimately trying to help this lady, but at the same time, he's also trying to get information as to figuring out why, why this guy, you know, we end up going back to the, uh, to Nygma's childhood, and he's taking another test, and there's another uh, riddle at the end, and freaking... Funny enough, it says riddle me this on it. Oh, yeah. 
which of course is an homage. And he ends up going and talking to the teacher later. And he's like, the riddles, the riddles, they aren't fair. And he's like, yeah, and the whole thing about it, it with the teacher, the teacher's trying to not only get him to, he's like, anybody can regurgitate knowledge on a piece of paper. Oh, he's like, the riddles, are designed, the riddles are designed to make you think. But that's the whole joke is that you got to figure out, you know, you, you can't just, you can't just know the answer. Like you've got to think about it and be like, what makes, what works. You know, and then we go back to Tim in his father's office, and he pulls out a gun and puts it to his head, and he pulls the trigger. And now the gun's empty, obviously. And then he just puts the gun down and, you know, prepares himself for the beating that is going to come. And, like, this teacher seems to really care and, like, is trying to make him think. But friggin' he doesn't realize the pressure, the outside pressure that Edward's going through at the time. And sadly, he never, for some reason, he never thinks to ask about it. Hmm. Yeah, and then we go to we go to the prison, and there's a film freak in there, and. He ends up murdering himself in a cell because they made a bet between him and the Riddler, and he lost. Hmm. But still not the end. Yeah, nah. You know, Batman's. Co- hmm? I mean, like the 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 makeup scene, putting the hat on, adding. To the suicide, but what am I? Like, it, it confuses me in terms of what the purpose of the entirety of the One Bad Day is. Uh, I, yeah. they, they have to be intertwined. Um, it can't be a simple origin story of the, the worst day that caused this to happen. How does it intertwine? Oh yeah, I mean that's probably where I get to read the other books, but I mean this there's just a lot of it's 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 very intense. You know, we go back you know, he confronts the teacher again trying to try to get him to stop doing the riddles. That way he's got a shot at getting the you know he's you know, making his father happy. And then he ends up cutting off all the fingers of one of the guards who tries to give him food. And all the guy wants is another riddle for his kid. Right. It it, it just keeps getting darker and darker. And I, I don't mind that. I just... Um, the line in the sand to me is Andrew Kevin Walker, who did, like, Sleepy Hollow and 8mm and 7 in terms of the scripts. Um, but these... Those had endings and beginnings, but... This is not. It, it's... Yeah. Adding to the origin of the Riddler, that hardcore because we—I mean, like we've had—we've had it when like he's like controlling the plants, and I mean, there's been a lot of different things where he's been in control, but not like this. Yeah. Not like something relatable when when you see him being beaten by his dad, 
and yeah. neglected by his mom. I mean, literally, literally, like she just she don't give a crap. And I don't even think she. Well, that's the thing. She's not even there, as we find out later. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's that's that's. I think that's all on his dad, though. Like, I don't think that's that's nothing to do with the mom. We're gonna we'll get to that in a bit, because Batman goes and finds Riddler's dad. And he just talks about how his son's an idiot. Like, his dad, you know, for what it was, was just, he was talking about how his son was gifted and how he was meant for great things. And at the end of the day, this is what he does with his life. Like, that's, you know, like, I, he was, I think in his mind, he went out of his way to make his freaking his son the best he could be, but in the end, it freaking, he ruined him. He did. The boot to the head, the boot to the head just shows it. I mean, like, it, it reminds me of, um, Watchmen, when, uh, Rorschach sees the, uh, constant uncles coming in and out of the house, and, Mm-hmm. Being confronted by the kids in the street that his mom's a whore, and yeah, he just loses it. And I'm seeing that with Ridley here. I mean, like they're on a basketball court in the rain. I mean, like and, and then like they also. Did you notice that Bat never Bats never comes out of the shadow? He he's oh, completely yeah. in control. While the Riddler just shows his cards. And then we get to uh, Bruce talking out with the therapist how much it hurt him. I mean, like, that's the thing I think that uh, might be the most impactful bit of this book is how much it hurt Bruce to watch the Riddler self-destruct. Yeah. I mean, but how do you... How, how would you react if you were confronting your... Uh, at the moment greatest enemy and he's trying to play basketball with you and you're just staying in the shadows he's showing you all his cards he's just losing his mind like and you're just beating him with the, with your words and then you gotta like talk to a therapist about it and like one of the things that like really impacted me on this was it really really upset the therapist yeah like she, she like. She's, I don't know, like uh, calculating or uh, understanding the incoming of what's being thrust at her at the same time. And and wait a minute. You mean to tell me you killed this person for this and that, and he's not even telling her he's the Batman. Yeah. Like I, I like the the worst person I feel for this one is the therapist. She's like, how is she gonna go home? And everything's okay. Enca- yeah. Encountering Batman, like, kind of telling her what happened after what he just went through with the Riddler. And I, I guess this is what I was questioning when it came to. One bad day. Remember, like, we're totally psyched. Like, you know, the origin and whatever happened. And I was all about the clockmaker and uh, clockmaster. And, uh, no, this is this went way deeper. Yeah. This hurt. Yeah, no. And then freaking, you know, 
the whole thing ends up being that Riddler's got so much information on everybody. Like he knows Batman is Bruce Wayne, and he knows who all the Bat Family is, and he knows all these things about all these guards and all these things about all these people in high-ranking positions in Gotham. That he's able to, he's just like, I'm just going to walk out of here. And if anybody bothers me, if anybody touches me, if anyone does anything to me, I'm just going to kill somebody you love. And just screw with you, Batman. I'm going to turn around if you do anything to to me at all. No. Punch me, look for me, anything. I'm just going to kill somebody. Because I can do it and you can't. That will be And nice. you won't even know who they are. But their blood will be on your hands and you will have to live with that. Well, they certainly started this off really right. Uh, I was, yeah. I was, I was expecting something predictable, but the way they got psychological in this one, man, like kind of, like uh, it actually took me uh, two days to read this book. <laughs> yeah. The, the way, the way it messed with me personally. Um, not that I have too many things to relate to what the Riddler was talking about, but I could picture what he was doing, mm-hmm. and I can picture the scenarios he was, he was putting forth and it was worse than it's worse than what's going on in the news right now man like that's what's happening in Gotham yeah what are your final thoughts on it I don't know I'm like it was it was alright but it wasn't like it was a good little. It was a good Riddler story, and it was a a serious take on the Riddler, which is cool. But on the other hand, it was a complete and utter ripoff of freaking Killing Joke. Not only did Riddler take credit for it, but there was a lot of similarities. And at the end, we've got we got the same thing, where did Batman? Did he not? Did he kill? Like, did he kill the Joker? Killing joke. Did he kill the Riddler here? Right. Like it was. It it's it's a lot of the same stuff. A lot of the. You know, it, we had the same kind of flashbacks and the same kind of colors. And like it could be, it could be a bit of an homage, but on the other hand, it could be a complete ripoff. Like normally, I'm not too freaking heavy on that kind of stuff. Right. But like this one, this one, it had so many similarities it bothered me. Like I could see where they just took Killing Joke and switched a couple little things. It was more about Batman than Jim Gordon and you switched out the Riddler for the her Riddler, Riddler for Joker and freaking you've got the story. I can see that. And like I just... Like it, it, it was still a Riddler story. Like the the use of the information is really solid, but like, like Batman just standing there and letting him hang out in this this hotel room afterwards and letting him walk away in a car. Like, come on, it's freaking Batman. He he would have figured it out. Yeah, and like I like the aspect of the Riddler freaking dropping the riddles. Because he freaking, you know, if I drop the riddle part, then it's something new. And freaking the Batman is, you know, I can't get him to, ch- you know, maybe I can make him change because I changed. But, like, I mean, that's, maybe that's the whole joke is that the, 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 
the biggest riddle of all is how to get freaking Batman to break his one rule. No killing. Which which would go into playing with the Riddler, you know, in the Riddler's hand. Because then even by losing, he wins. So I guess that, that part of it would make sense. But, like, overall, it was just kind of... A rehash? Like it really just kinda, yeah, it kind of came to me like a rehash. It kind of came to me like they just switched it, it switched enough to make it original. But, like, like you ever see Free Guy? Yeah. Freaking Ryan Reynolds movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they freaking took the the world that the, the two people had made and put Free City over that? It's nonstop rehashes. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the same kind of effect I got off of this. Was that it took the killing joke and just put this whole thing over it. I mean, even the title, One Bad Day, is a blatant homage to, what? to freaking to killing joke. Yeah. That's so a, I'm like, that's a like I, I dig it, but on the other hand, I'm kind of like, I like it, but I didn't like it as much as I was hoping I'd like it. It's definitely a harsh biscuit to eat without water if you're at Popeye's. Um, freaking, yeah. um, the rehash, I can see what you're talking about. They got deep with Riddler, but I think it's an injustice that they would explore the Riddler within the rehash of the killing joke. And most people don't understand the the killing joke. I mean, like you can say it's the definitive origin of the Joker. You can say it's, um, the definitive, uh, what happened to Oracle, which you should Mm -hmm. actually, because, um, it was, I, I love the fact that, Alan Moore wrote a story so good about the Joker that it's considered the absolute, this is the origin of the Joker. Yeah. And to rehash it is definitely injustice. I mean, like, we should have had something better. You're right. You were completely correct. We should have had something better. Not No no rehash. Give us something yeah. better. Like, like, we're paying, like, what, eight bucks for these freaking issues? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, give us something a little bit better than a rehash or something similar because we're looking like if we're if you're buying black label you're looking yeah. for you're looking for something deeper than freaking batman knocking someone out or solving the crime of the week you're looking for something way deeper and well, let me ask you something real quick please what's your favorite riddler story my favorite Riddler story is the one that Snyder did with Capolo with the plants. Um, I want to say like eight years ago. Okay. And only because there was uh, the riddles were part of how the plants grew. Mm-hmm. Um, Riddler has never been my favorite anything ever. Um, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at is really like how many great. Like Riddler's always a part of great stories, like the War of Jokes and Riddles, or uh, freaking Long Halloween right. or Hush. He's he's always a part, but he's he's never the focal point. He's never uh, ever. Like we've never for all for all the all the all the things Riddler should be able to do. Like I think I'd have to say maybe zero year. Ooh, when Zero. Batman first came back, Zero freaking was amazing. Bizarre. 
That'd probably be my favorite now that I thought about it. No, but very rarely is Riddler actually featured in amazing stories. And I feel like there's just so much you could do with that character that just nobody does. I think that's the reason why I like characters like Man Bat so much is they're so one-off and um, special. Um, oh. it, like when I remember my favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series, like uh, uh, Clockmaster, or what's his name? Is that, is that the right name? Uh, the Clockmaster. The Clockmaster. Or, oh, Clock King. Clock King. Um, or uh, the episode where there's the the Howl episode where it's that uh, freaking uh, super intelligent computer or when they show Clayfaces and and like the origin of Clayface like there there's so many little little things that are much better than the bigger meat and potatoes I mean the Joker showed up all the time I and mean, Mouse of Phantasm was one of the best Batman movies ever I mean like mm-hmm. it but like even then I'd rather seen more of Clayface. Uh, I, I'd rather see more of like the B the B uh, story guys because yeah. that that developed Batman. Give me a solid Riddler story. Give me a solid uh, Clayface, Professor Pig. Exactly. Give me a real give me a real Zaz story. Like, oh. is, Zaz has never been featured except when he debuted. And yep. even that wasn't an amazing feature. And you in the the best we have of Zaz is the uh, freaking uh, the massacre at the orphanage during a freaking nightfall, and that wasn't that important because like buying that comic book, like I remember buying it and I was like, okay, great, I'm getting to Bane, but like we're not exactly where we need to be. But in hindsight, it was something a little bit better than I should have anticipated, but like. This should have been something a little bit more uh, insightful. Yeah, just uh, I would have looked for something a little more original. Like it was, it was, it wasn't bad. It was, like you said, it was thought provoking. Like it's interesting to see what made the Riddler the Riddler in this, and for Tom King, but like it just, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of came off a little derivative. Yeah, hundred percent. But still can't complain. Uh, still, it's still good. I mean, like, uh, do you ever feel guilty that we focus so much on the bat? No, I mean, if it's you know, if it's good writing, if something you know, it's all just stuff we want to talk about, whether it's you know necessarily good or bad. I agree, and uh, that's what I want to talk to you about. Was that for anyone that's listening? We've got a lot of listeners. Uh, freaking, um, we're not focusing on the bat just because we like the bat that much, but the bat stories are just superior. Mm. For the past like freaking three yeah. years, I, like well, we're getting with Tinian, the closet. I mean, like there, there's so many things that that that's going on in Gotham. I mean, like we we, we got to do Nightwing next. Yeah. I mean, like. Honestly, like, uh, I, I enjoy Nightwing because I imagine I'm Nightwing and you're Batman. I, I'm taking care of Bloodhaven, uh, Bleeding Heart, and you've got way bigger problems. Um, but uh, the way we, you and I uh, operate, um, 
I'm telling you about what's going on in Bloodhaven, and you're telling me what's going on in Gotham, and um, what's going on in Nightwing, to completely go against what I just said, it's it's better than anything, everything else. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a solid run ever since they got rid of the, ever since they brought back Dick Grayson and got rid of Rick Grayson. Oh, so, poor those, Rick ones, those ones were tough. <laughs> yeah, those were tough. <laughs> Um, uh, I was reading this yesterday, and uh, I got to tell you, I went to a subway by my work, and I got the best customer service I've ever gotten at a subway. My sandwich was absolutely delicious. They had the best sweet tea, and awesome. I, got, I got to sit there and like, I got to tell someone about this subway. <laughs> like, uh, most subways are pretty bad, you know, like, no, no, this was awesome. I sat down and got to read some Nightwing, and, uh, that's when I texted you, like, this team up is awesome. Nice. Like, like we got freaking Batman in the background, like, hey, we're in, it's like, hey, we got Teen Titans, we got, we got Gothamites. In freaking and uh, the Bat Family, Teen Titans, yeah, the Titans, the whole all the friends are here. We got a caper that we gotta pull off in four stages and all at the same time to not make yeah. sure that Blockbuster doesn't figure out what we're doing. And yeah, freaking the Flash pulls over a, a freaking big uh, big rig. Um, <clears throat> They're, they're uh, commandeering a plane full of drugs and human humans for human trafficking. And uh, then we get the blockbuster. Do you feel vindicated in that? <laughs> what do you mean? In terms of, like, that's what we landed on, what we're calling our show. And oh, where do you think I got it from? <laughs> He stomps Dick. He stomps him. I'm not sure if that's a boiler friendly, but we'll let it slide. He, I didn't say anything bad. He said he stomps him. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's pretty bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. Abuela is definitely chuckling or shaking her head. So this guy stepped on this guy. Yep. Knocking out and knocking out Dick right there in this burning, burning building. He's about to crush two yeah. little kids' heads. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we got a yeah. That's um, Blockbuster's revenge is to burn down, burn Haven to the ground, which is where Dick Grayson put all his money into that Alfred left him. Uh, freaking, and he goes in to save these two kids that Blockbuster is going to murder. And instead, he lies down for Blockbuster to step on him and knock him out because freaking to save these two kids. And freaking Blockbuster figures out that he's Dick Grayson. Do you th- and freaking the next issue is called Secrets No More. Do you think it's a death sentence for Blockbuster that he knows that Dick Grayson is, is Nightwing? He's going to try. But, I mean... 
No, I mean, this has been a this has been a huge arc for Blockbuster. So. No, I mean for Blockbuster in general, the fact that he knows that Dick is is uh, freaking Nightwing is that it's it's the coup de gras. Like the next issue, like we're gonna see the death of Blockbuster because there's no way he can continue. No, we very well could. Because on top of Blockbuster, you know, we remember a couple issues ago, Blockbuster beat the. Uh, Beat the snot out of freaking Heartless. <laughs> kicked him out of a building. <laughs> he kicked him out of a building. It was wonderful. He did. And he got up and walked away. And he's, he's apparently at least partially cybernetic now. Almost like he's died before. Right. So you ready for my uh, my fantasy booking? Please. So remember how we talked about how uh, Alfred eventually has to come back? Yes. What if he comes back and he's heartless? Uh, I don't... I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> Just saying. I don't... Wow. It would be the complete opposite, which would make sense. But at the same time, like, how dare you? <laughs> Just saying. I dig it. Wouldn't I, be the first time he's come back as a villain. Yeah. Especially because of the way he was treating the homeless kids. Yep. All and right. Who, like I said, who has a bigger heart than Alfred? All right. So he comes so back. He's always, always been his big thing. All right. So he comes back as Heartless. So what's his what's his end game? Because we don't know Heartless Endgame yet. He's just stealing hearts and he can, he's can. he got that room full of uh, hearts and drawers. Yeah. What's what's the endgame? Maybe he needs him to live. We don't, I mean, that's what it looks like. And when one, when one, uh, maybe a cybernetics take a, a lot out of him. I don't appreciate how right you are. <laughs> If I'm right, though. No, you're 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 pretty. If I'm good. right. He's got to. Like it's a, it's at least an idea. No, it's it's perfect because they they have to bring Pennyworth back. It's 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 a it's a trope that we can't. How long has it been? Three years. Since seventy five, and they're in issue one twenty six now. Yeah, they got to bring. So fifty fifty issues. They got to bring him back. Yeah. And he is bald. So it'll be, it'll be like I said, it's, I think we'll find we might find out at issue 100, but we may or may not. Because that's the thing is that freaking Nightwing's not a. Nightwing doesn't have an extensive rogues gallery. No, he does not. Not at all. He's got the uh, superfluous, the freaking, like, fringes when it comes to uh, anything that's, like, a trope. Batman has it all, but Bloodhaven, like, the, what, the, the worst we had that's happened in the past couple of years is the penguin dying. No. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, when you really look at it, like we always talk about how Batman's probably got one of the most extensive rogue galleries in all of comics. Bigger than a lot of the people that, uh, yeah, a lot of the, uh, 
a lot of the others around him, the Bat family, don't tend to have a huge amount of, you know, top-tier villains to choose from. Which, let's move on to Flash, because when it comes to rogues galleries, I was really confused on this one. Because we had okay. so many different multiverses in this one. Um, the kids... It was only three. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was only three, but like you know how much I hate freaking uh, time travel. Yeah. Uh, the kids find the uh, Batman version of Flash. We got the... Uh, the Night Flash. <laughs> Night Flash. We got the uh, freaking uh, uh, Mad Max Flash. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I don't even know how to say that one. <laughs> like, did you? No, it just kind of seems like a mid '90s Flash. Yeah, like it's a Flash, but it's not really a Flash. Yeah. Especially in terms of what we're dealing with now, and um, in terms of what's going on with the with the the latest crisis. How'd you, how'd you feel about this one? Yeah, it was, it was a fun little Flash story. Like, it wasn't... Like, there are three... There are basically three little stories in one. They're all trying to find the actual Barry Allen. And freaking... Like, it was fun. I like the little twist that they were running from Night Flash. It turns out Night Flash is actually the hero and the kid that was trying to help them ended up being the bad guy. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, you know, the Mad Max Flash is, is it, it's all entertaining. Like, it's all cool. It's just, it's just kind of like fun little science fiction fantasy. I you know, and then freaking, you know, unlike the Flash TV show where I'm very anti Iris West, you know, freaking, I liked, I like the fact that Linda came in and was actually able to help without utilizing the Flash's powers, even though she has them. But yeah, they end up finding you know, they end up finding the right Barry finally. And the only thing I really didn't like about it was how quickly, once they figured out which Barry was the, their Barry. All of a sudden, he automatically knew where the Justice League was. Oh yeah! Like it was a, it was a little too easy. I know where they are. Uh, yeah, we did too. Uh, we found out last uh, freaking crisis issue that they're all alive in different realms. But uh, do what you got to do, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I like the fact that you know he's like, I'll go save them. You guys save the world, and they're all like, okay, we're gonna do this. But, like, on the other hand, it was like, oh, that was... Like, okay, he woke up. Oh, hey, I know exactly where they are. Cool. Like, I mean, it was it was, it was was fun, dumb fantasy. So, I, I like it. But, like, it's just... They could have put a little more thought into, like, oh, hey, this is... Where could they be? Oh, let's think about this. Oh, I have an idea. I wanted more action. Like, I... Like... We've been spoiled for the past, like, two years with, with The Flash. Maybe three? Uh, freaking... Yeah. There wasn't that much action. It was a lot of, um... What are your favorite... And, uh... You, you sold me on this, is the fact that The Flash should be a freaking crime investigator 
we need to have more detective investigating on this. And it was like, oh, hey, oh, that's you. Oh, yeah, that's me. Um, um, You're right. It is me. Yeah. Um, we need more of that. I mean, but then, like, we also got the uh, Dr. Fate issue, which I've read that comic probably like 30 times, man. Like, it's it, I, I go to that when I need to just calm down and realize that I have no absolute control of my life. And I, I read that comic all the time. And it, yeah. it, it's so perfect. Like, he's pointing at you. Dr. Fate is pointing at you. And, um... Mm. We've been spoiled for a while, and this did not hold the par. But... Still the same writing group. We don't know where they're going, so it's not right to judge anything right now. Yeah. Plus the fact that at the end of the day, it's part of a crossover, and freaking, you kind of got to fit into your, kind of your role in that. Right. It's a crisis. There's a lot of crises. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this is currently the eighth crisis. Because yeah. I have seven of I have six of the other ones all completely and the seventh one I'm like one issue away from being done did you finish reading a final crisis with Grant Morrison not yet I've got to get the uh, I'm looking for the um, Alex Ross issues of uh, part six and seven dude th- that's the juice the, the only ba- the only variance I'm gonna throw myself in on. Oh, I'm sorry. His, what did you say? Alex Ross variance. Uh, Al, 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 Alex Ross is the exception to the rule. Alright. I will let the you... Only bar- the only variance I will purposefully allow in my collection. I will allow you to enjoy these variants. Oh, I didn't ask for your permission, sir. Oh, I wasn't giving it. I wasn't giving it. I'm just enjoying the fact that you are enjoying. I'm just saying. Sometimes, 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 sometimes you gotta make exceptions for the best. And the variants I collect. Well, that's neither here nor there. I would just can't wait to be like, just give me that variant, baby. <laughs> oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> this is this is purely for that Alex Ross goodness. Oh, I can I understand, and I want you to enjoy that all trust goodness and in a year we're gonna have a different conversation <laughs> oh no oh no oh no no this no, is no, one, no, this no. is one and done no it's not this is a one and done alice ross variants what what are you gonna do when you're reading vampirella and dawn and you've got a freaking Lindsay variant when have I, I i've got what one set of dawn comic books back from back in the day mm-hmm I even tried to help you find freaking Cry for Dawn number one, and you were like, um, I need my money for Comic Con. No, we, we, we found we found the uh, we found the Crypt of Dawn, and I already had that one, but I appreciate that. But what I'm trying to say is, once you go variant, you're done. <laughs> You've got, and you didn't even get a good rhyme out of that. You should at least no, get no. a good rhyme. Once you go variant, you go. You, you go back to black. <laughs> uh, no, I, I got nothing on that one. Once you go variant, uh, and and the variants are painted covers and freaking uh, sketch, and um, yeah, they're a little bit more special. Yeah, like I said, it's it's Alec Ross. 
I understand. That's it. Flash was good. Uh, freaking Spawn. I'm. I, it. Spawn for the past twenty years for me has been just like so superfluous. Like just reading Spawn, just read Spawn. Mm-hmm. Now, but now they're getting into like real true blue stories and um, making it even better. And uh, that will happen to you when you get the Alex Ross cover. <laughs> like I said, just getting one, one and done. It's okay. What do you got left, man? I got. I'm, I'm out of. I'm out of gas for the night. Freaking. Uh, All right. Let's, uh, let's finish up with some Marvel, actually. Let's do it. Got an X-Force 30 over here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this is, uh, you got to start out with Wolverine having to go at Kokoa, trying to find out where Kid Omega's at. He ends up cutting down a tree. Professor X shows up behind him and being like, what exactly did that accomplish? You know, did he at least get some stress out? Because... Krakoa is an entire island, and you take out one tree, you take out all the trees. And he's just like, Wolverine's just like, I just want some answers. Yeah, we end up going to uh, this random gentleman in the North Pole who who was apparently a hunter, and he hunts, he kills a seal just to, you know, use it to, for food and then for bait. As he ends up killing this uh this gigantic ice bear, and he's gonna he ends up killing the ice bear and cutting out its um, cutting off its skin and cutting out you know, cutting it out for meat because that's what he's hunting. And inside the stomach of this bear is the head of Deadpool. Oh, and we find out that this hunter is none other than Craven the Hunter. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll bite. So, so we're going back to Krakoa and X Force's meeting. You know, and they're uh, we apparently have new members: Deadpool and Omega Red. Awesome. <laughs> and Omega Red turns around and throws Deadpool out of the meeting as quickly as he can. Because Deadpool's really annoying. <laughs> Just a little bit. Exactly. So they end up sending the team out because uh, these mutant haters in Utah are protesting <laughs> and they have Angel. And they end up cutting off one of his wings and there's this random Elvis impersonator in front of one of the one of the portals that they transfer they transport out of, and he's like, "My prayers have been answered. It's him. It's really him." As this gentleman in a jumpsuit comes out, and it's Black Tom Cassidy. Of course it is. That's awesome. So, as all of uh, as you know, Black Tom and Domino uh, end up saving Angel and getting uh, getting him out of Utah. They send, uh, we find that Omega Red and Deadpool are up in the, up in the North Pole. And they're looking for uh, mutants that are being trafficked. Trafficked. 
trafficked. I will go with that. <laughs> and Deadpool is still being super annoying. And Omega Red ends up killing him, or not killing him, but uh, cutting off both his arms and stabbing both his swords through his chest and leaving him there to die. That makes sense, and I'm really happy that old Arkady like gave us all that freaking uh, you know um, conscience to uh, be non-Deadpoolish. <laughs> yeah. So as he's sne- sneaking onto this boat to uh, stop the traffickers, this bear comes up and is about to eat Deadpool. So obviously this is beforehand. Of course. And Arcady is going out of his way to killing everybody on this boat, freeing the hostages, and Deadpool's being eaten. And we're later in northern Siberia, and at this bar, and all these uh, all these people are talking, and in walks this guy with this uh, bear fur over him, and is Craven the Hunter. And he sits down for a drink, and this guy is talking about mutants and how they've beaten death and their political muscle and all their powers, and that mutants have basically become the new apex predators. Oh, I love it. And then Craven the Hunter stands up and says, what did you say? As the episode, <laughs> as the issue ends. Wonderful. And very well, it looks like Craven might start hunting mutants. Well, uh, where do you start with that? I mean, like, what are you going to hunt? Freaking blob? Are you going to start hunting uh, gold balls? Or are you going to start straight off with Wolverine? Because Craven hunting Wolverine is the end-all be-all. There's no reason that there would be anything before that. Yeah, that's got to be the uh, the ultimate goal. I think, obviously, we're going to start with uh, members of, you know, X-Force. That'll be, like, between him, Omega Red... Uh, Domino. Um, I kind of feel like he's going to start with Black Tom Pack, possibly, just for the uh, the idea of Black Tom running from Craven the Hunter. I'm just happy Omega Red's like in the story. That's not like something that's like superfluous that makes him just like this a psycho. There's there's yeah. so much more to Omega Red than most people understand, and. Well, he's another one, kind of like we were talking with Riddler, where I don't really feel like he's gotten a really solid story where you can be like, oh, that's my favorite Omega Red story. Oh, absolutely not. He's never had any of that. The, the, the best Omega Red story, I mean, obviously, I'm cherished of the uh, originals, but um, the last one where uh, the, ten, uh, the Ten Deaths of Wolverine, the X Lives of Wolverine, when mm-hmm. Omega Red is like, traveling back in time and like like his ruthlessness like that's what really shined how ruthless he was I mean like he didn't give an F about anything I mean like he got into Yukio like Wolverine almost had to kill Yukio with freaking uh, Dakin inside and um, we need more of those stories and uh, I appreciate you pointing that out yeah, man. I'm not gonna lie. I hate Deadpool. <laughs> I hate like Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds in the movies, Those he's are fine. Fun. He's cool. He's fun. But like, legitimately, like Deadpool in the comic books, 
He's kind of annoying. He's he's so annoying. Uh, the only time I've enjoyed uh, Deadpool, I hated the Cable and Deadpool series. I hated the Deadpool series that preceded that, but the Deadpool series that Daniel Way wrote was phenomenal. And that mm-hmm. was followed by the uh, Marvel uh, Max series um, that he wrote, too, that was a little bit more rated. But that was, like, such a blip on the radar before Deadpool was what everyone knows as Deadpool now. And But yeah. all the rest of it is so annoying. Like, like the jokes are so bad. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a purveyor of dad jokes, and I'm just like, dude. Shut this up. Is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not like, and he's not, you can't even be like, oh, I'm going to kill you. We're going to kill him. He's just going to come back. Because now you can do that with all the mutants. Right. But like that butt of a joke where you just murder him in the most crazy way. It's just kind of like, it's, you know, I guess it's still there to an extent. Cause you're not going to go all ham on everybody, but like, freaking, you just can't, like, killing him. He's going to come back regardless. Cool, whatever. Because you can literally do that with every mutant now. One of my favorite comedians wrote uh, one of the. Uh, Deadpool series that came out, I want to say, like, in 2013. It was, um... What is his name? He was in, um, Mr. Show. He's, um... Did you... He was in the first episode of The Mandalorian. Um... Bald guy. God, he's... I'm straining for his... Sir Patrick Stewart? Oh, I wish. Uh, freaking um... What else was he in? He was, he's a tall, bald guy that's in a metal. Um, let me look him up real quick. This is really bothering me that I can't name mm-hmm. that. that. Um, he wrote a uh, Deadpool, like, he took over Deadpool right in 2013. Uh, let's see. Um, what is he for sure in? He was in The Devil's Rejects. He's a really good stand-up comic. Um, I'm getting there. Brian Persane. Oh, yes, yes, I know Brian Persane. Him. Yep. Yeah, he took over Deadpool. He's on the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he was. Um, uh, He took over writing for, like, I want to say, like, six issues, and... um, Mm-hmm. It was right after uh, Bill Hader in uh, fucking four. Um, sorry. More to your uh, giant size. Um, they did yes. a uh, Spider-Man story. Um, I don't know. These comedians taking over and doing comics. But saying he did a good job. Um, I mean, like, I can't blame like he didn't do a bad job it was more of like it was just too wacky it was just too wacky like Daniel Wade did stories with Deadpool where like I mean there was a freaking uh, three issue story arc where um, all of the broken like ripped off parts of Deadpool were thrown into a, a a dumpster and they like formed a new Deadpool <laughs> and uh 
when Deadpool took over as a sheriff as in the small town, uh, freaking um, when he was trying to be the X Men trainee. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, all uh, freaking um, the last uh, X Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just too wacky. It was too. It was too ridiculous. It was too. I get that Deadpool should be off the wall, but it wasn't funny. Like yeah. But I don't know what sort of comic you and I are gonna write, man. Like freaking. Uh, are we gonna be wacky? <laughs> I have. I have a feeling. I don't know. I have a feeling you and I were. What you and I are gonna write is gonna be pretty freaking dark. Could possibly be, yeah. But I don't want to take over some superficial comic that's supposed to be dark and us, like, take over. Like, what are we going to write the next John Constantine book? And it's going to be funny and dark. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's... If you introduce something like that, you got to figure out what you're going to do beforehand and really kind of figure out how you're going to play it up. Hmm. I'm out of gas, man. Yeah, things about that time. It's your turn. All right. Thank you all for listening. Please feel free to tune in next week. Same mind time, same field channel. Uh, this is minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. It's over. Good show, man.